Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Welcome to the NFL Talking Heads Fantasy Football Podcast Show. Here are your hosts, Jeff Carrier and Seth Lowell. Hello, everyone, and welcome into the NFL Talking Heads Fantasy Football Podcast. I am your host, Jeff Carrier, and joined by my side is Seth Lull, and we are back for another great episode heading into Week 2. Seth, there was a lot of surprises in Week 1. The first question I want to ask right off the bat as we're getting ready for the uh, opening Sunday for week two is what do you, what's the most uncertainty you have going into week two? And yeah, it's gotta be how the, how, how the Rams are going to look on Sunday. Can they follow up that dreadful for performance with an even worse performance or are they going to, are they going to score any points at all against Seattle on Sunday? So they're a team um, that I'm interested in and in seeing what happens with them on Sunday, just because, that was an absolute disgrace. Um, but the other thing that I'm looking at on Sunday is, you know, some of these matchups that we're, we've talked about, we're probably going to talk about today too, um, that we think are going to be high scoring. I want to see which of those lives up to its potential. So, you know, the New York Giants, New Orleans Saints game, the Detroit Lions, Tennessee Titans game. I want to see which of these games actually live up to their um, the hype and uh, come through for us. I'm not too sure how much of a height the Tennessee have in terms of scoring points, but um, Tennessee Detroit at home. I mean, Detroit. That's gonna be that's gonna be a high scoring game. I'm, I'm calling it right now. Okay, okay. Uh, but I definitely agree with you on the New Orleans Giants. I mean, after the explosion of what nearly a hundred points last year, I mean, we're all expecting this this big shootout. Uh, Seth, do you remember? Which field that was at last year? I think that was in New Orleans, right? It was. It was in New Orleans, and I was gonna say. For for whatever reason, and it sounds kind of silly because there's no snow on the ground now. It's we're still in September, but the fact that it's in New York, for whatever reason, I just feel like it's not going to be anywhere close to as high scoring of a game. I think both teams will be in the high twenties at least, but I don't think I don't think it's going to be anywhere near what it was last year because it just seems like that's what happens when teams play in New Orleans. I totally agree. I, I feel like people are going to be. A little bit upset, and I don't know if upset's the right word, but I don't think it's going to live up to the expectation of another shootout. Um, I think they will score and put up points because of the nature of the two offenses and the defenses that they're that is playing in the game. But it is going to be outside. It is going to be Drew Brees away from home. So that's one of the uncertainties I have going into week two. And the other one I have is more of um, you know an uncertainty of like confirmation. Is AJ Green okay? Is AJ Green going to put up another ridiculous stat line of ten plus catches? Um, he's got the ability in the matchup wise to do it this weekend. They're going to be on the road. They're playing a high powered offense, and if he does, he's going to be coming out of the gate set. And you know how much I loved AJ Green. He was my clear consensus fourth overall pick, just because the top three were just so consistent, and you had to pick the top three. Um, but the other. But I loved A.J. Green coming into this season, and if he has another monster weekend, 
he could set himself up to being the number one uh, fantasy player and most certainly number one wide receiver um, throughout the course of the 2016 season. Yeah, you know, I don't remember you talking too much about A.J. Green, so we might have to go back and check out the tape, but I don't know if I remember you even mentioning his name. Oh, yeah, (laughs) okay. Um, well, we've got a great episode lined up for everyone. We have an interview with DK Legends, uh, Danny and Ben uh, from DK Legends. They have We have two world championship players uh, from the DraftKings World Championship last year. One of them taking down the second place prize, Seth, of $2 million. How sweet would that be? No, it would it would obviously be amazing. So I'm incredibly jealous of both of them, and they they are they are living the dream. That's for sure. I mean, can <laughs> is there a better job in the world than playing daily fantasy, whether it's DraftKings, FanDuel, you know, draft the app, you know, whatever it might be, and and winning millions of dollars? I mean. I, I can't think of anything that would that would be better than that. Yeah, so you guys don't want to miss that. We talked to them. I try and uncover their secret sauce on how they did it. Um, and as Seth mentioned, you know they've they were have very great success, and now they're they're trying to help other players such as Seth and I and all of our listeners. So definitely stay tuned for that. We're going to do a little bit of keeper drop. Um, talking a lot about the players that are probably hanging on the edge of our roster, kind of like the 53-man roster, Seth, right? I like to look at my team like I'm the GM or something, right? If you're on my roster bubble, your your roster pick 18, 19, 20, however many roster spots you have, you know, who is on the roster bubble and should we we be dropping them for someone else or not? We're going to be talking a little bit about that, and then we're going to be previewing some of the love-hate games we have this weekend in terms of fantasy-wise. But first... Uh, let's get to our listener question of the episode. This comes in from Jimmy Gregory, um, all the way from across the pond, Seth, London. You know he's got to get up real nice and early to watch the NFL games. And he asks, I have a cool, uh, a Kobe Fleener-shaped problem. Do I stick or twist? These, um, there are guys like Jason Witten, Dwayne Allen, and Kyle Rudolph on the wire, half-point PPR. All the above, anybody but Kobe Fleener. Yes, and I and I think when I responded to this, I didn't. So most of the uh, listener questions now, so everyone knows, I forward over to Seth. He'll respond to you guys. And this one I just took because unfortunately I am a Kobe Fleener owner. I had to deal with the situation myself, and I said, you know, Jason Witten or Dwayne Allen. I would be happy starting over him, uh, over, over Fleener this weekend. Kyle Rudolph, I'm still not going to go there. I, but, I still uh, cannot go anybody, there. Well, well, Cody Fleener had one point on Sunday. ABF. I'm just going to respond to these emails. ABF. Anybody but Fleener. That, <laughs> that is the approach you have to take. Now, Kyle Rudolph had, what do you have, like 10 points? I mean, 9, 10 points. It doesn't matter. It's better than Fleener. Fleener is, and you know what? I knew this coming into the season. I tried telling you, and I remember texting you on Sunday. And in typical Jeff fashion, you, you try and have it both ways. You you, you want to have him, you have him on all your teams. So if he were to blow up and get two touchdowns, you would say, "See, I told you, I have him on all my teams." Of course, he didn't. And now you want to say, "Yeah, but you know, you knew I was concerned. You knew I was worried that he might be bad." So you know, you can't have it both ways. You need to own Fleener. Just like uh, Jimmy Gregory, which, by the way, is an amazing name. Two first names. Awesome. Um, But, yeah, you have to own the fact that Fleener did what he did. We all knew he was going to do that. And it's time to drop him. I just 
not after one week. I mean, I get it. He's got his head is up his a- up his ass. He can't understand the playbook. Sean Payton hates him. Um, and I just said I would start Witten for crying out loud over him, and obviously start Dwayne Allen. That that's a no brainer. Um, and obviously, I'm not happy of owning Kobe Fleener. I think all our listeners know we never really talked about Kobe Fleener. We usually mention Ertz. We usually mention like Antonio Gates. Um, I mentioned Dwayne Allen as a late round flyer, um, which I have backing up Fleener in one of my leagues. And it just so happened I ended up with Fleener. Everyone ends up with those players. You ended up with Yeldon. You're disgusted at yourself. You can't believe you just did it. You know, it's like the morning after feeling after. You know, you got a little too, little too drunk. And- <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right, let's maybe let's not even com- complete that sentence. I don't, I don't even think you know where you're going with that one. No, but it's a little different. See, Yeldon is one of those players that he's a good depth player. He's a good player to have on your bench. He got 16 points for me week one because everybody knows Chris Ivory can't stay healthy. So Yeldon Saul, he's not a sexy player, but he's a player that you know you can plug in there and just at a sheer volume, he's going to put up some points. Kobe Fleener is a player you were excited about early on. You, like some people, and it wasn't just you, you thought that he had some potential in New Orleans. And it's only been one week, but, I mean, it just seems too obvious. Like, it, it's not shocking that he had the week that he had week one. That's uh, all I'm saying. It was a high-scoring game, too. I, I totally agree. And so here's – I agree that I think that he has potential. I, I still think he has potential, just the way that New Orleans in the past, including even last year – with Benjamin Watson playing tight end, that they just utilize the tight end and the, the the amount of targets that go to that position is outrageous. So me playing, you know, going after the tight ends this year was like me playing the pin the tail on the donkey blindfolded. I just picked anyone, and apparently I ended up with Kobe Fleener. And here's what I will say, though, too, is, is not shocking, and do not, you know, do not hold on to him and make the matter worse. Let him go as soon as you can get someone comparable and someone like a Witten or a Dwayne Allen uh, is okay. But again, I they have another good matchup this weekend, and I still want to see what he does this weekend too at the same at the same time. Yeah, I mean, I guess dropping him right now if you have my team because there's there's gonna be no good tight ends available on free agents. I get it. it's a little, maybe a little premature to drop him, but I'll tell you what: if he has another bad week or two, I'm definitely dropping him. Um, so, but, you know, I guess because the, the way the tight, tight end position is, and there just being no, no good available bodies on the waiver wire, you're probably stuck with him at this point. Yep. Absolutely. Um, okay. Let's move on here. I'm just, uh, I'm getting alert on a phone here. Uh, my friend has a fantasy emergency. How many times have you gotten that Seth? I mean, not in those exact words, like tech, like tech, my friend is a, fantasy emergency just like getting a text i mean i don't get too many i had a lot of people ask me for fantasy advice but nothing is you know that sounds as dire as that <laughs> Very. i true. mean should you should you leave the podcast to call him i mean it sounds pretty serious yeah if i had a way maybe i'll, I'll plug him into the, on the air and say that i was sir what's your emergency <laughs> <laughs> um okay let's keep this moving along here uh thanks jimmy for sending in the question as everyone knows Head to NFLTalkingHeads.com. Submit your question there. Seth also posts his waiver wire download every Tuesday. So as soon as you need to get plugged in from the weekend's games and figure out what players you need to download, Seth is uh, writing a weekly article there. A little quick snapshot of players um, that you want to keep an eye on and that you might want to pick up. So we started that this week. That's still up until next Tuesday. Uh, Be sure to follow us on Twitter as well at NFL Talking Heads. 
Now, Seth, let's get to keep a drop. There's a lot of players on the on the edge of you know our roster bubble, quote unquote. Uh, I'm going to throw out some names at you, and let's see on if you're willing to drop them for the other player, and then just provide any kind of little feedback that you might have. All right, bring throw them at me, yeah. All right, here we go. All right, so Christine Michael um, slash Darren Sproles. I'm going to kind of throw them in the same sentence, I guess, uh, for Chris Thompson. See, I'm not doing that yet because I view all three of those running backs, I kind of put them in the same category. I think they all have upside if, you know, Chris Thompson has more upside if anything happens to Matt Jones. Um, if anything happens to Tom Rawls, Thomas Rawls, Christine Michael has uh, obviously more upside. And if anything happens to Ryan Matthews, I think Darren Sproles has a little more upside. But I do think that, let's say something were to happen to Ryan Matthews, Kenyon Barner is going to be plugged in as the starter, and Darren Sproles' role is not going to change. He's still gonna, he's not going to get 15 carries a game. Um, but no, I think with Darren Sproles, I want to wait to see what he does week two against Chicago. Um, and Christine Michael, I want to wait one more week in Seattle to see how Thomas Rawls looks to make sure Thomas Rawls doesn't get injured. Because let's face it, there's no, there's, you, you shouldn't be in a hurry to pick up Chris Thompson. It's not like he's, you know, lighting the world on fire anytime in the near future. I agree. I would wait at least one more week for each of them. Um, Thomas Rawls should overtake and get more carries uh, going into week two. And that's what Pete Carroll said. But Pete Carroll's got to be arguably the most re- least reliable head coach there is. And, and can we go back into the archives for a quick second, Seth? It just, it just dawned on me when you said his name. You absolutely made me eat crow. Um, and I think it might have been running backs target after the fifth round episode. I forget which one it was. But I say if Ryan Matthews goes down, Kawan or Kate, whatever his name is, Barner, Kenyon uh, Barner, Kenyon Barner would go. be in line for the starter and would get carries in the three-man rotation, and you absolutely scoffed at me. <clears throat> well, I mean, first of all, Ryan Matthews has to get injured, which I know isn't you know too far outside the realm of possibility, but we're not there yet. We're talking about Darren Sproles. So, I mean, if you want to ask me, is Kenyon Barner worth picking up, then I'd, have, I'd probably tell you no, but I, you know, you asked me if, if Darren Sproles is somebody worth dropping. And the answer is no, because I still think he's going to, I mean, Ryan Matthews wasn't involved in the offense at all when it came to passing situations. That's Darren Sproles. So I like the matchup against Chicago. That's why I'm waiting. Um, but I don't really know what, what point you're trying to make. I don't know. We just keep getting off a tangent. This this segment yeah, is it's... supposed to go very fast, very quick. Okay. And um, you know, and then obviously I just can't keep it on the rails. Um, okay, Charkandrick West, uh, another great person who actually had the same amount of snaps played, Seth, as Spencer Ware last year. But obviously Spencer Ware got all the yards, got the touchdowns, got the points. Um, however, Charkandrick West played the same amount of snaps, and of course Jabal Charles is coming back. So do you drop him for Bly Powell or Jalen Richard? I mean, wow. I mean, like, what what a, like a, that's just one giant bag of trash right there. Those three names. I mean, no, I, I probably not because I mean, listen, I don't want to have Shark Kendrick West on my team. I'll probably drop him because I think too much needs to happen in order for him to have some fantasy relevance. You know, Jamal Charles has to stay out. And Spencer Ware has to get hurt too. Then he could be a factor, but if, until that happens, I don't see him having any sort of meaningful role on any fantasy team. 
Yeah, and this brings um, up this brings up a good question, and I know I know we wanted to stay on track here, but I think this is important because you you kind of you kind of mentioned that a lot has to happen in order for Sarkandrick West to be relevant. DeAndre Washington's another good example. How long do you hold on to these people? Because it, it previously said I've always been the person that never really cared about handcuffs because it just seemed like I could never time it right. Right? Like yep. I'm not going to hold on to this guy for six weeks. Um, this the person I've got the handcuff that I actually managed to hold for six, seven weeks, and it's just I can't do it anymore. You know, someone out he their starter never gets hurt. So, what's your philosophy on on when is this person ever going to be become relevant, or they're hurting hurting your uh, hurting your team by being on the bench? Well, I think it depends on the type of handcuff. If it's a someone like a DeAndre Washington who doesn't really have a very big role right now, and you're you're purely forecasting and what might happen, and he could emerge later in the year. You know, I, I don't. I would drop DeAndre Washington. I would drop like the Paul Perkins. I would drop. Um, you know, Kenyon Drake in Miami, Jay Ajayi, I would drop, um, you know, running backs like that, handcuffs like that, I drop. Now, if it's a Tevin Coleman, if it's a Derrick Henry, that's a little bit different. If it's a Spencer Ware, that's different. So if they're running backs that either A, have already proven that they can be serviceable in some form or fashion, that they're actually doing something and they're being used in the offense, right, or B, they're the clear backup if the starter goes down. And the starter has to be somebody that's really good. It's like Le'Veon Bell, D'Angelo Williams. Great example. Um, even DeMarco Murray, Derrick Henry, because Derrick Henry is still involved. Um, and everybody thinks you know he has a lot of upside if uh, Murray were to go down. Same thing with Tevin Coleman and Freeman because it's shaping up to be you know basically like a 50-50 split almost in Atlanta. Um, but you know backups like DeAndre Washington, who aren't really doing anything now, they're rookies. Um, I, I, I'm just, I'm staying away. I'm dropping him. Okay. Next on the list I've got is Kamar Aiken slash Steve Smith for a out in the jets, Cole Beasley or Jameson Crowder. Absolutely not. Absolutely not. I mean, I am going to that Buffalo really? Baltimore game was the ugliest, most boring game to watch. Time stood still during that game. Kamar Aiken and Steve Smith, I'm holding on to both of them because I think they both have more upside. I mean, let's take those three players one by one. Um, and how do you pronounce this guy's name? I mean, I have Akinwa, Anunwa, <laughs> Anunwa. Yep. Um, I am. I he's my least favorite out of the three by far because it's the Jets. He's behind Eric Decker, Brandon Marshall, and Matt Forte for for catches. Right. He's going to finish with less catches than all three of them. Um, my second least favorite is probably Jamison Crowder. Surprisingly, I, I like him, um, and I actually, th- I actually probably like him more than Pierre Garcon. But I just think, you know, when you have Deshaun Jackson, you have Pierre Garcon there too, and you have Jordan Reed. I think there's just he's going to be way too inconsistent. Cole Cole Beasley is my favorite, um, just because with Dak Prescott in the short passing game, I think him and Jason Wynn are the two players you want to own in that offense. And Cole Beasley could be a factor, um, but again, I'm not I'm not dropping Steve Smith or Kamar Aiken for any of them. It was one week against Buffalo, a low scoring, ugly game. I'm waiting week two to see what they do against Cleveland. And I'll tell you right now, if Steve Smith and Kamar Aiken don't do anything against Cleveland, then I think about maybe dropping them, but not until then. Oh, if they don't do anything against Cleveland, I'm dropping them yeah. as fast as I can. Um, I will say that obviously I don't own Steve Smith. I will never would. So Steve Smith, I would drop for 
any one of those. Any one of those. Kamar Aiken, I have a little bit more. I, I think he's going to be able to stay healthy. Maybe I keep him instead of those three. But I just wanted to quickly note, I, I do. I think that my three out of those is obviously Jameson Crowder. You know, I've talked a lot about him um, as underneath the radar guy who, as soon as there's an injury, and let's face it, they got Pierre Garçon, injury prone. Jordan Reed, injury prone. Deshaun Jackson, injury prone. And what I did not expect out of Jamison Crowder was for him to come out game one. Now, game script, Pittsburgh's defense, I'm going to chalk it up to that. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders, from ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities. CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Um, for him to catch six passes week one with everyone healthy. But that was definitely encouraging. Um, a rookie last year who caught 59 passes. I definitely encourage that Jamison Crowder is in the slot. And for a team that is a passing offense, that he's already getting worked in and catching six passes week one. So I was definitely encouraged with that as well. Yeah, and I think I think you do bring up a good point on Jamison Crowder with all the injuries and the injury-prone receivers in Washington. And I think it comes down to the, the situation that you're in, um, that your fantasy team is in. So if you have a really, really good team where you don't really have any openings and you just want pure upside, I like Jamison Crowder over Cole Beasley for more upside. So maybe you stash him on your bench. He's a better stash player. But if you have either a really good team and you just have one flex spot where you need consistency right away, or you need to get a win and need someone that you can you know, bank on to put up maybe 8 to 10 points minimum. I like Cole Beasley as a week-to-week starter until further notice, until other players in Washington go down with an injury. So short-term, I like Beasley. But I think later in the year, Jameson Crowder does have more upside than Beasley. So I'll agree with you there. Okay. Now, another player that is going to be owned in virtually all leagues is Corey Coleman. Are you dropping him for someone like an Eddie Royal who I believe he caught a touchdown last week. Um, your thoughts there? Nope, I'm not. I, and I would be fine with dropping Corey Coleman because although I have him in our Dynasty League, I like him long-term. I think he has upside, and he was their, their leading receiver on Sunday. But with the quarterback situation, with Josh Gordon coming back, I, I, I'm willing to, to kind of write right off this year as just it's, it's probably not in the cards for him. So I'm fine dropping Corey Coleman. Again, like I, I don't want to drop Corey Coleman just for the sake of dropping him. I'm not buying into Eddie Royal or Nunwa on the Jets um, or Jeremy Curley in the 49ers, those types of receivers. So I might as well just keep Corey Coleman because at least he has upside. You know what I mean? Like I'm fine dropping him, but I want to I want to drop him to get somebody. I don't want to drop him just to drop him. Okay, and the last name I have here for keeper drop is Rashard Matthews. 
Um, are you keeping him? Are you dropping him? Are you going to see how they use him week two? They're going to be playing Detroit. Yeah. Um, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna wait with him. I'm gonna keep him one more week because he is the starter. Um, he was actually pretty decent in Miami, Miami last year. Um, so I, you know I'm willing to to roll him out again, see what he does. Definitely keep him on my bench. I'm not gonna start him, but um, yeah, I, mean, I just don't think there's unless you're gonna get like a Will Fuller, maybe a Terrell Williams, um, a Michael Thomas if he's available. I'm just I'm just gonna keep him one more week. All right, Seth, now let's move over to games that we like for fantasy this weekend. We've each picked out two games. Um, we could talk a little bit about what we think some of the matchups might be, just game flow, just in, just in general, uh, fantasy-wise. I'll go ahead and get the elephant out of the room here and talk about New Orleans and the Giants. Is there anyone that should not be scoring points in this game? No. I mean, I think every, I think. There will be a lot of scoring still, even though it's in New York. Uh, it's just a matter of who's going to be scoring the points. I mean, I think Odell Beckham is a clear chalk play in daily. Obviously, if he's in your season-long team, you're starting him. He's your best player, most likely. Um, on the same side, I think it gets a little more tricky because, you know, I think Brandon Cooks and Willie Sneed are the two guys that you obviously want to have. I think they're both in line to have big days, or at least they should, but you know, this will be interesting to see. Can they get more out of Michael Thomas this week? Does Kobe Fleener have a better week? Does, you know, God forbid, you know, God forbid they give Mark Ingram more than, you know, 12 to 15 carries. So I think the Jets, I mean, the, the Giants, it's going to be Odell Beckham, Victor Cruz, Sterling Shepard all day. The Saints, we'll, we'll see, but I think there's going to be a lot of scoring. Yeah, I think the Giants are pretty much locked and loaded. You know who their people are. Let me ask you a start-sick question. just kind of came off up the top of my head here. You start Michael Thomas uh, from the Saints, or you're starting Alan Hearns? I'm, I'm going to start Alan Hearns. I, I still like the matchup, and you know that's actually one of the matchups that I wanted to talk about. But, yeah, I'm starting Alan Hearns. I just, I'm a little bit weary of starting the number three receiver on the Saints because of how unpredictable their offense can be at times in terms of who's getting the points. I like him. I'm fine if Michael Thomas is in my like my last flex spot. Um, but I, let's be serious. We're definitely going to – you definitely have to go Alan Hearns. Okay. Uh, now my second game, Seth, uh, is Atlanta and Oakland. I think this might get a little overlooked fantasy-wise, um, but it's got the third highest over-under on the board for Vegas and uh, at 49, I believe. And I think there's going to be a lot of opportunities here, especially with Atlanta going on the road. They're going to be probably playing from behind. And Desmond Trufant is going to be probably on Amari Cooper. So I could see another very solid to maybe really good game for Michael Crabtree. Um, and then, of course, the secondary in Oakland just seems to be very pitiful. I'm not too sure that Sean Smith investment was worth it, and so we could see another solid day from maybe from Mohamed Sanu. You know, Mohamed Sanu is never going to catch like seven, eight plus balls, but um, if he can have another another long catch, another good five reception day with a shot at a touchdown, he could turn out to uh, be a producer and start a fantasy wise this weekend. Um, and so that's the other week. That's the other matchup I, I like, and of course, both quarterbacks you would expect uh, to have a decent day as well. Yeah, especially Derek Carr. I mean. I don't know. I, I'm I'm always a little skeptical of Matt Ryan on the road. He should have a good day. I think the most interesting thing with Atlanta is going to be how they use Tevin Coleman and um, and Devontae Freeman. 
Um, the coach came out and said that it was going to be they're both going to be featured, whatever that means. I think it's it's basically a 50-50 split. But I'm really looking to see if Devontae Freeman can, you know, kind of separate himself a little bit from Tevin Coleman. So I want to I'm going to keep an eye on that. Obviously, Julio needs to have a bounce back game. People took him. Most people took him second overall in snake drafts. So I expect him to have a monster game on Sunday. And for Oakland, you know, it's going to be Crabtree and Amari Cooper. They're one of the more predictable offenses in terms of who's going to get, who's going to be scoring points. Yeah, absolutely. And I've I've rewatched most of the games from last weekend. And Tevin Coleman, as long as he stays healthy, um, is going to be a thorn in Devontae Freeman's side. So if there's Devontae Freeman owners out there and you haven't seen the game or anything like that, I think I just think that Tevin Coleman is, is going to be there all year long as long as he's healthy. He looks good. He runs aggressive. And he might be the better interior rusher, specifically because he's got better size than Freeman uh, for be, for running up the middle. Yep, couldn't agree more. If you have Tevin Coleman, hold on to him. He's one of those handcuffs, and you almost really can't even call him a pure handoff handcuff because he's someone you know you could probably start him in your flex on a bye week or or any week really. I mean, like for example, this week if you had Tevin Coleman. Are you going to start him over, like a, like a Terrell Terrell Williams in San Diego? Ooh, that's a good question. Um, I would I would I would I would think about going doing Tevin Coleman because you know he's going to be involved. He's going to get five to ten carries probably, and he's going to see um, some targets in the passing game when they're playing from behind. So I, I kind of like him. Yeah, very true. All right, those are my two games set that I like for fantasy this weekend. What are your two? So, um, San Diego Jacksonville is a, a game I really like. I I think it's gonna be high scoring. You know, San Diego just really couldn't. They had, they got off to a good start. They let the Chiefs back in the game. One of the more demoralizing losses you're gonna see. You know, not to mention they lost Keenan Allen um, during that game. But they gave up over 350 passing yards to Alex Smith. They couldn't stop the run. They gave, they they let up 6.2 um, average yards per carry to Spencer Ware. So I'm looking for, if, if Chris Ivory can't go, I'm looking for TJ Yeldon to be uh, a solid play in daily. And if you have him on your bench, definitely start him. He's starter-worthy this week against San Diego. And Alan Hearns and Alan Robinson, the boys are coming out to play on Sunday. And I'm expecting both of them to have decent games. Obviously, Blake Boyles is going to be a stud. Um, I see that game being a shootout, um, barring anything crazy happening. So I, I really like that game. And the other game that I like, and you know, I'm just going to keep keep talking about this game, and we'll see if I'm right. But I think Tennessee and Detroit is going to be a, a really good game for fantasy owners that own Golden Tate, Marvin Jones, Delaney Walker, um, Tajay Sharp, and Matt Stafford, and potentially Eric Ebron too, right? If he's your tight end. I just think that there's going to be – that's going to be probably one of the top three high-scoring games on Sunday. And I love Matt Stafford this year. I think Matt Stafford is going to throw four touchdown passes in that game. I definitely like everything Detroit um, in that game. I'm, again, I'm, I'm not too sure about Tennessee. Um, I'm, I hope that they prove me wrong. I'd much rather watch a, a more exciting game. Um, I don't think that Detroit's going to necessarily blow them out or anything, but – I'm not too sure. I don't think Tennessee is going to be scoring. I'll be surprised if they get higher than 20 points, to be honest. Um, 
But that being said, I think we can definitely expect a big weekend from Marvin Jones and Golden Tate. I think this is going to be one of those weekends where they're going to get a lot of a lot of target share. And in terms of your previous game, I definitely expect Allen Robinson to have an Allen Robinson type of game. It's not that he didn't have the targets last week. Let's remember he had 15 targets. I think that was the maybe the, the lead in the NFL. He's going to draw the Jason Verrett coverage, um, which will – you know, maybe slow him down to a certain point, but he is Allen Robinson, and which also makes Allen Hearns a good play. And I'll tell you, I watched that game. Uh, I watched the Jacksonville game last week, and Julius Thomas is is a he has a role in that offense. Now I know he's going to have trouble staying healthy, but any given week where Julius Thomas is playing, he is also going to be a, a fairly big factor um, in that offense. I agree. And stop with the Jason Verrett coverage. Every single week, I know you're going to mention him. Oh, those guys drawing the Jason Verrett coverage. I mean, Jeremy Macklin had a pretty good day on Sunday. Score a touchdown. If it's it did, one of those it did games. take all game, though. Yeah, well, Allen Robinson is a better receiver than Jeremy Macklin. I still expect I mean, okay, he's not going to probably have 30 fantasy points, but I think, well, he could. But I think he's good. He's a good bet for a touchdown. You know, around 100 yards receiving, maybe five or six catches. Um, so I don't know. I'm not too worried about Jason Verrett unless it's Darrell Rivas in his prime, Joe Hayden, Nami Asamoah in his prime. I'm I'm not too worried about Jason Verrett, but we'll see. We'll see what happens there. Again, um, again, I I said Allen Robinson. It might slow him down to a degree, but he's still Allen Robinson. He's still going to get his fair share. So okay, fair enough. Fair enough. All right, let's move on to games that we don't like. Again, I'll take the easy one off the board here, Seth. Uh, Seattle, LA Rams. I think that this is going to be a very unwatchable game, as probably most LA Rams uh, games are going to be. They are coming home. They're going to be playing in front of a crowd of 90,000 people. The Rams play Seattle very, very well. Seattle does not have an offensive line. Russell Wilson has a little bit of a bummed ankle. I'm going to be very interested in seeing how that happens. Um, and again, I'm going to be very curious to see how Seattle handles this all year. I mean, Seattle's one of our offenses that we obviously like going into the season, as a lot of people did. And I got a lot of concerns with their offensive line. That being said, you can't really start anyone in this matchup besides besides the obvious people, right? Um, Doug Baldwin. Doug Baldwin, Russell Wilson, and Todd Gurley. I don't think I'm missing anyone there. Tavon Austin, you're sitting him. First of all, you shouldn't even own him. He's a bum. Um, I can't believe they gave that guy $10 million a year over four years. Um, but I think I think those are the only three that you can start, right? Um, I one player that I would add is as uh, keep saying St. Louis. It's gonna I'm gonna do this all year. Um, the Los Angeles Rams defense. If you have them, don't yeah. sit them because they're playing Seattle. Or Seattle. Number one. Yeah. Or Seattle, yeah, of course. Or Seattle. But I think the more under the radar pick is the Rams, and this is a typical Jeff Fisher coach team. They lose a game that you think they're supposed to win in San Francisco. They get blown out. They get shut out. And then they're going on the road to Seattle, and you know, I wouldn't be surprised if they won this game. I like their defense because they're going up against Russell Wilson who has a hurt ankle, a shoddy offensive line like you mentioned, and a defense that just got embarrassed the week before. So that doesn't add up to a very you know, promising situation for Seattle. So I like the Rams' defense. If, if you have Russell Wilson, you're starting him, but like because of the offensive line, the fact that he's a little injured – and he's going up against an angry defense. I just, I, I'm not too crazy about starting Russell Wilson if you have other options. Absolutely. 
Okay, now let's get on to our interview with DK Legends Danny and Ben. Do, do I get to do I get to go over my game that I, I I don't I want to stay away from? Oh, all right, Seth. I guess you, I guess I guess you're part of this show. Let's go ahead and get. <laughs> yeah, th- I, I, thanks for including me. Uh, I'll, I'll keep. I mean, the one the one game that I I think a lot of people are going to look at and say, "Wow, this is going to be a high scoring game." Two bad defenses that that I actually would stay away from is the Dallas Cowboys Washington Redskins game. I mean, how many times, Jeff, have we seen the the NFC East? teams play each other in division games when they're all bad defenses they should all be high scoring games but they're they very rarely are they're always these ugly low scoring close nail biter games so i'm staying away from the washington redskins dallas cowboys on sunday i'm staying away from Dak prescott i'm staying away from the only the only players that i really like in that game are jordan reed and ezekiel elliott um, I completely agree. I, I like Ezekiel Elliott. I think they're going to obviously have to stick to the ground game. Washington's going to be one of those. You're going to have to prove me that you were the second-half team last year, not the first-half team. They don't have a running game, and I know what a running game does to an entire offense. It just gets them completely off balance. The defense knows how to adjust to it, and I feel like that's going to be Washington all year. I feel like they'll get some fantasy production because that's what you can do when you fall behind. Just look at Jacksonville. And and I know this is a, a bit off topic here, but the curious person, just because you mentioned NFC East, Seth, and, and we we're talking about Dallas, Des Bryant, I'm going to be curious to see if, one, Josh Norman sh- uh, shadows him because Josh Norman did not shadow uh, Antonio Brown last week. And two, if Des, if they can get Des Bryant the ball, because he was shadowed by Janoris Jenkins last week against the Giants. And here I am going in with the corners and the matchups. But in this case, like you said with Jason Verrett, Des Bryant should be able to win that matchup. I mean, Janoris Jenkins is good, but he should be able to win that matchup. So I don't know if it was a rookie thing where he didn't want to test him out. That's possible. If Josh Normans come, comes over, does that the same effect? Do they get a little, or they, maybe they create a little bit more rapport? Um, I'll be curious to really just watch that whole situation. Yeah, and I, and I think he's definitely going to have a good matchup. We saw what Antonio Brown did, and what all Pittsburgh's receivers did to Washington. On, on Monday, but I think that the key is, are they going to allow, I mean, number one, can, I guess, can Dak Prescott get the ball to Des Bryant? He had one chance on Sunday, and Des Bryant dropped it. It was one of those plays that was reviewed, and he didn't have control over it. The, the opportunities are just going to be few and far between for Des, because I don't think they're going to allow Dak Prescott to just sit back there and chuck it. One of the things they like about him is that he takes care of the football, and he hasn't turned the ball over at all, whether it's preseason or even week one, so... I just don't think there's going to be a ton of opportunities for Dez, but he, he's, he'll probably have at least one. It's just he's going to have to make the play. So I, I like Dez to a point, but I don't know. Dez, the the, the prospects of, of Dez this year are, are not looking great. No, they're not. Did you have anyone else set that you're, did matchups that you didn't like for fantasy-wise you're avoiding or anything like that? Just that and, the, and some of the other in-division games. I think Seattle, Cincinnati, Pittsburgh. I think Pittsburgh's offense as a whole is going to come down to earth this year. Everybody's, um, you know, still on the the Monday Night Football high. If you had D'Angelo Williams, Antonio Brown, Big Ben, I think Antonio Brown has a big game. Win doesn't he? But I think D'Angelo Williams is going to have is going to be kept in check much better than Washington was able to keep him in check. And Big Ben is going to struggle probably. So will Dalton. I mean, the, these AFC North games are dogfights, and I expect both those teams to probably be under twenty points. Or, you know, under 20, 21 points. So, 
Um, I'd probably stay away from that from that game if you can. I mean, obviously you're starting Brown, D'Angelo Williams, and Big Ben, but you know I'm not starting Eli Rogers. I'm not starting Sammy Coates. I'm not starting Brandon LaFell um, or either of the Cincinnati running backs. Yeah, Cincinnati always has kind of one of those under-the-radar defenses where they don't allow a lot of fantasy points to a lot of different positions, but you can't really ever really name many of their defensive players. Um, I do think they'll get in the mid-20s just because Pittsburgh's defense is not very good. Cincinnati will find a way to get there. Pittsburgh will find a way to get there, but I don't think it's going to be pretty, and I don't think it's going to be obviously like Monday Night Football either, so... Okay, so now let's get over to our episodes with DK Legends with uh, Danny and Ben. And now we welcome to the NFL Talking Heads Fantasy Football Podcast, Danny Moreno and Ben Stuck of DK Legends. Danny and Ben, it's a pleasure to have you on the show. Thanks for taking a few minutes to talk with us. Hey, we appreciate being here, man. Thank you so much for having us. Oh, great, great. Now, you guys have had a little bit of success here with – starting the DK Legends. Why don't you give our listeners a little bit of background in terms of what you're doing and some of the prior success that you have here to kind of set the tone for our daily fantasy segment we're about to embark on. Danny, you want to field that one first? No, go ahead, bud. I'll I'll let you do that. Um, (laughs) Sure, no problem. Yeah, so, um, Jeff, what really... Um, how this came about was um, obviously Danny and I both getting to the world championship address. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. DraftKings um, last year, 2015 season, we got to know each other uh, both really well, um, hit it off out there um, in L.A., and uh, he won a little bit more than I did. You're probably, um, probably aware of it. He took down the $2 million prize second place um, in the tournament, and I actually had a couple injuries and ended up dead last, but we still had a blast. But um, what came about uh, when we were out there, two regular Joes, um, Danny and I playing DraftKings, we came about of this. We came up with this idea of, um, you know, kind of giving the advice out to the general public of what we learned while um, going through the contest through DraftKings because we met quite a lot of pros that, that do this professionally, um, day in and day out, every week, every sport. Um, and as you probably know, and most of the general public knows that you can't really compete against those guys um, the way that they enter countless lineups and the way that they have algorithms and, you know, spend every minute of every day, um, you know, doing research and, and figuring out what players to play where. But, um, you know, we found out that, hey, we can compete against them and we want to give 
the general public our knowledge and how to play against those pros um, and, you know, eventually win money. Because, you know, we had the same story as everyone else. It took quite a long, long time and, and a lot of money for us to, to lose and put into DraftKings to finally realize, hey, we can figure this out and we know how to do it and we kind of want to give it out to, to our fans and, and help them out, um, you know, wage a war against the professionals out there that are really doing this. Sure, sure. So now I'm sure you guys have, um, you know, a lot of information uh, when when you get some of your clients on DK Legends. But what would be some general tips or some overview guidelines? That, some of the first things that you notice, uh, as you mentioned, with some of these people that are playing countless lineups on every single sport. Um, what would be some good simple strategies for the everyday player? Yeah, for the everyday player, it's. Um it's honestly um, knowing what contests you're playing. Uh, a lot of the everyday players, um, the average Joes, we like to call them, you know, the the guys that want to put 50 bucks in for the weekend and watch the lineups. Right. What they really want to do a lot of times is play their favorite players. Um, obviously, this doesn't work. Um, this isn't a, uh, a tactic that's going to be useful. Um, a lot of times they just want to play a player also that they're watching in a game because the game is on. Um, also not a good tactic. Um, what I would say it really boils down to is knowing what contests you're playing because there's so many contests out there on DraftKings. Everyone sees it every week. There's the double up. There's the heads up. There's the million dollar where you're going to have millions of lineups. There's the um, the higher priced ones. There's the qualifiers. Every single lineup is going to be different for the contest you're playing. So and that took a lot of time for me to figure out, too, when I first started. So you really need to know what contests you're playing and adjust your lineup in that fashion. Now, Ben, how many years were you playing um, before your success last year? Oh, boy, um, about a couple of months. A couple <laughs> I actually, months? <laughs> I, I, well, for me, it was an issue. I, I couldn't play um, daily fantasy because I worked in the NFL. Uh, NFL employees aren't allowed to play. So I worked for the NFL for the last six years prior to that. And um, when I left, all my coworkers said, hey, man, you got to try uh, daily fantasy. You got to try out DraftKings and FanDuel. And I said, ah, I don't know. I mean, I I played fantasy football for, gosh, way over a decade. I think my oldest league um, stems from 2003. But um, the daily fantasy, I wasn't really into. I messed around with it a little bit um, in golf and a little bit in the beginning of the football season, and I was horrendous. Um, and that's what really sparked um, my interest in trying to figure out and see what people are doing and see how they're winning. So for me, I only played a couple months. Danny, um, I think it was pretty much the same, but I'll let him um, talk on that. Yeah, thanks, Ben. Um, if you guys wouldn't mind, I'd like to dovetail just a little bit uh, onto what Ben shared uh, earlier and, you know, one of the things that we employ is a is a strategy as far as you know. Every everybody thinks that you know it's a million dollar. You know, let's win a million, let's win a hundred thousand, let's do that, and and that's what gets the notoriety. But where you win the majority of your your money is is in the double ups and the fifty fifties. So what we encourage players to do is we encourage them to to come up with whatever risk level that they want to allocate. So we call it the eighty twenty rule. So eighty percent of whatever is allocated for that, that week to play in double ups and in um, 50 fifties so that if they, their tournament lineup doesn't, or isn't a huge success, 
then they're still they're still positive the money. So that's so that's one thing that we've encouraged our players to do with with uh, with with good success and um, consistent um, take home profits. And then uh, as far as uh, to follow up on the last question is I I started playing fantasy or daily fantasy football um, this time last year. I was on a huge project. I was stuck in a I stuck in a hotel and I found out about DraftKings and I wanted to try it. I wasn't very good at all. And so I was very frustrated and almost quit. And then due to the time that I had, I developed a strategy and a system and uh, a method that proved to be successful um, week in, week out, that ultimately um, rewarded me with the second place finish in the the fantasy football world championships. So then, you know, to Ben's point earlier, we started um, talking about it and we want to bring those opportunities to um, other people so they can experience um, the fun and the enjoyment of it as well. Uh, So let me ask you, this is one of the big things that I have, and maybe if we have a little bit uh, more of a – um, more of an experienced DFS player. I mean, doesn't mean that it has success. Maybe someone similar to myself, where I've played, I get the understanding of the different of the contests, um, and I think you're providing some good insight with making sure that you have a good balance in your risk levels with the eighty twenty rule in terms of the fifty fifties and the double up. But one of the areas I think is always the biggest struggle, and Ben, you kind of mentioned it uh, with playing a lot of your favorite players or you know an upcoming game. Um, but what about the tournament? How did, how did you guys figure out or what did you end up using as a couple? Um, because there's so many lineup optimizers out there and other tools and etc. I'm just kind of curious, just maybe as an overview of how you approach to create tournament lineups to say, this will actually give me an outside shot of actually winning a tournament as opposed to entering this in a 50-50 where I'm going to go with higher percentage on players, a little bit higher four players. How did you come to strategizing and creating tournament lineups? I know that's a, that, that's a good question. And, and um, what we, part of the strategy that we, we use in the double up in the 50-50s is we want more of a consistent lineup. So we're targeting a certain point level. And if the lineups go over that certain point level, then great. But that's, that is, that is our floor. That's, that's, that's what we're trying to target. And we understand that if you achieve X amount of points in a, in a, in a given week, the odds are much higher in your favor for for you to, to double up or win the, you know, or place in a 50, 50, because at the end of the day, if there's, if there's 40,000 people participating in a, in a double up, you only need to get uh, in the top, probably 18,000. It doesn't matter if you get first place or you get 18,000th place because it all pays, you know, the exactly the same. The tournament concept is completely different. You're looking for those special players that have high upside value, but you know, other people may not know about them. You're looking for the flyer, the, the person that is coming off of a practice squad, something, something, something that's going to be very, very low percentage owned. One thing that you'll notice in, in every single million-dollar lineup winner, if you look at it at the end of the week, is there's a pers- there is a player or two, sometimes three, that are less than 5% owned, even sometimes less than 1% owned. And so that's what you're trying to achieve. You're trying to find that value 
where nobody else is is, is finding it. Mm-hmm. And did you kind of just kind of just guess when you guys were you know trying to get into figuring out your tournament lineups, or was there? Uh, more of a better strategy than obviously guessing. Like I don't, I never heard anyone talking about this player this weekend. He might be lower owned because his matchup is difficult. Um, in terms of targeting lower ownership percentage, or am I kind of off basis on that? Uh, this is this is Danny here again, and um, you know for you know for example, I can share uh, my lineup from last year. Um, the, uh, the the Falcons had a had a good good matchup. Their tight end. Uh, Tammy wasn't wasn't anything special, um, wasn't anything that was high on the list. The, if the ESPN guys are talking about him, if the CBS Sports guys are talking about him, he probably he probably isn't a sleeper. They're, you know, if all the fantasy analysis guys are talking about him, it probably isn't a sleeper. So that's that's the tight end I took. He was under three thousand dollars at the time, and he put up. Um, over, I believe it was over 25 points. I don't remember exactly what it was. And he was um, less than a half a percent owned for the league. And that's what catapulted me into um, winning my ticket for the Fantasy uh, Football World Championships. Awesome, awesome. Great to hear. Now, Seth, let's move into some, some week two plays um, to help uh, kind of give some insight in terms of what uh, the DK legends here have uh, Danny and Ben for us. Yeah. Hey guys, it's uh, Seth here. Um, I, I want to ask you about quarterbacks because it seems like that's an area where I struggle with when I'm assembling my, my daily lineup, you know, it's, it's, I always struggle with finding a quarterback to really anchor my, my lineup, put up big points. There's always a ton of good matchups for, for quarterbacks. It's just, it's hard for me all t- sometimes finding the right one. So for this week's slate of games, there's a bunch of, you know, quarterbacks with juicy matchups. You got, Matt Stafford at home against Tennessee. Blake Bortles on the road against San Diego, who just gave up over 350 yards passing to Alex Smith. You have um, Eli Manning at home against Saints. Um, and Trevor Simeon at home against the Colts defense that's banged up. Um, I, those are just a few that I, that I look at and I say, wow, those are some quarterbacks that I want to have in my lineups. What are your thoughts on some of those quarterbacks that I just mentioned? And who are some of your plays this week at the quarterback position? Well, you, yes, you definitely, uh, hey, Danny here. You, you, you definitely mentioned uh, one of mine, and um, I'm 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 high on this this combo this week. And you know, it may not seem like the obvious obvious. I mean, it may seem like an obvious choice, but I I, I really think in the DraftKings format that these two players are going to combine for um, over sixty points, and that's the uh, Manny Nobel uh, Beckham Jr. Uh, combo. And what are your thoughts yeah, on? Oh, what? Yeah, yeah. I was just gonna you know, piggyback onto what Danny said, and and especially Seth. Uh, you've got a great base um, for your quarterbacks for week two. Uh, again, you have to stress. Um, we have to stress the, the point of what contest you're entering. Um, the Obviously, the biggest play all day long is going to be that Giants-Saints game out in uh, East Rutherford. Uh, I would keep a close eye on it. Um, weather might be a factor there. It looks like some storms are coming in. Um, but outside of that, I think it's going to be a 10-touchdown game, honestly. And um, one of the biggest plays for me, and it's probably one of those value plays, it doesn't go for the favorites, but um, Cruz coming back home uh, for his first game, he's going to be uh, – 
he's going to be a big star in that game. And so and you, you bring up a good point about stacks, like quarterback wide receiver stacks. And I think especially for tournament plays, that's what a lot of people try and do. They try and get that quarterback wide receiver stack and, you know, pick those high-scoring games. Last year, the Giants and Saints, it was an extremely high-scoring game. People that owned those players did really well. Um, so for, for like a tournament play lineup, um, and you mentioned uh, Victor Cruz as you know, kind of an under-the-radar pick at wide receiver. How, how far do you go with your wide receiver quarterback stacks? I mean, it's one thing to do Eli Manning and Odell Beckham or, you know, like a Drew Brees and Brandon Cooks in that game. Would you ever do a Eli Manning, Odell Beckham, Victor Cruz and have both of those in the same lineup with Eli Manning? Yeah, so, well, just two things there. You bring up a good point about last year's game. I think it was, oh, what a shootout, 52 to 48 or something crazy like that. That week, uh, Eli Manning was actually very um, low on the totem pole. He was extremely inexpensive, and the guys that grabbed him obviously um, won quite a bit of money or had quite a lot of profits in in contests. Um, Secondly, when you're doing the, the full tournaments and the full contests, uh, you bring up another good point about having the stack. Uh, in, in double-ups, a lot of times most people won't go more than um, one wide receiver with a quarterback because it's too much um, potential there or, or too much risk. With the with the full-on contest, the million-dollar contest, the qualifiers, the columns, uh, a lot of times the people that win do have the double stack. Um, great, The great example was week one, people that had Drew Brees, uh, Sneed, and Cooks um, made out very well, so it's it's high risk and also high reward. You think, hey, the quarterback, um, if he's going to be throwing quite a bit, 400 yards and four touchdowns, um, he's probably going to hit at least two of your guys. You, you think. Um, converse side of that, you get a guy like uh, Matthew Stafford or you know Eli Manning for that for that instance, who throws around a lot of guys. Um, it's tough to pick two, and then you have to play a salary play and figure out which which fits in your lineup. So I'm going to throw three wide receiver quarterback stacks at you, and I want you to, to tell me which one is your favorite. Um, going off of those some of those matchups that I just listed off that I really like, um, one is Blake Bortles, Allen Robinson, Matt Stafford, Golden Tate against Tennessee, Trevor Simeon, Emmanuel Sanders. Yeah, that's an easy one, and Danny's probably going to laugh at this one because I'm the the biggest Lions fan you can ever imagine, but um, it's going to be Bortles all day. Awesome, yep. That is is a huge surprise, Ben. (laughs) (laughs) That that definitely is a surprise, and I I would agree with them. I think think those two uh, out of of those um, mentioned players are going to have the most productive day. I had Just yeah, I had a, a wide receiver I wanted to throw at you guys, and then if there's anyone else that you feel like you know we didn't mention that would be worth uh, noting before we wrap up, that'd be great. Um, just looking, thinking about bounce back players. Not that he goes completely underneath the radar every week, but you know I think um, a lot of people were picking a lot around AJ Green last week, and and he's the one who ended up blowing up uh, the most out of a lot of players that were around him um, price wise. Um, 
Alshon Jeffrey had a decent week last week. I feel like him coming home against potentially the rookie corner because the the number one corner in Philly is going to be out. Is he someone that you guys like this weekend? Or and again, I guess depending on contests, I'm just getting your thoughts on Alshon Jeffrey to have one of his you know uh, Alshon Jeffrey weekends where he's going for maybe upwards of 200 yards. Yeah, I'll, I'll give a little bit of um, what you would see if you were a member of DK Legends. Um, he, Alshon Jeffries, is going to appear in uh, a lineup for for me. I uh, I like him. I like the matchup, just as you described. Um, I think he's going to put up 20 points or more, and um, he has the potential upside of having that that huge game that he has one or two times a season that he can put up uh, uh, 30 points. Great. Now, um, that's some great feedback there. Is there anyone that you guys feel like that you are really, that you really like this weekend that might be a little bit underneath the radar or, or anyone else that we haven't covered? You know, I, I don't know how much under the radar he is, um, but, uh, you know, this is his second week in the NFL and his, his, um, his cost on DraftKings has increased by over 25% from week one to week two. So what that, what that told us is there's a lot of people that had him. I still think he's a huge buy at 4,100, and this is sharp with uh, Tennessee. I think he's going to – and he went seven for 72, a um, little over 14 points um, in his first, uh, first game. I think he uh, surpasses that and, uh, and goes, goes for over 100 yards in the second, second week. Yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna echo uh, what Danny just said. Um, they're really targeting him quite a bit. I'd go a step further and um, also take Delaney Walker. He's obviously a little bit more expensive and not really under the radar, but um, that Lions secondary um, couldn't stop one tight end, let alone two, for Indianapolis. So I expect uh, Delaney Walker to have a, a huge game. Um, I think the Lions stuff that run the run offense, and then they just put it in the air and um, they kind of run up the score a little bit. So, um, but him, Sharp and um, Delaney Walker for Tennessee, great place for the weekend. I'd also uh, um, put a focus on Will Fuller. Um, I believe it's his first year. He's a rookie for Houston. Um, the the defensive secondary for the Chiefs showed that uh, – they couldn't um, quite cover anyone all that well. Um, then Keenan Allen went down, um, high-scoring game. But uh, Will Fuller looked great in his first game. Um, DeAndre Hopkins is going to grab the, the coverage of um, Peters over. In- Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. 
Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Casey, and that leaves Philip Gaines to cover um, Will Fuller, and I think Fuller wins the battle there. Great. I appreciate it, guys. Um, Danny and Ben from DK Legends, uh, we always try and bring as much insight and information to our listeners. I think you guys really helped us that with that today, this week, with uh, Daily Fantasy for Week 2. How can our listeners find you? DKLegends.com. Okay. Everyone visit DK Legends. Thanks again, Danny. Thanks again, Ben, for joining us. Hey, thank, thank you, guys. Okay, Seth, that was Danny and Ben from DK Legends doing a great thing over there, uh, helping out a lot of people. Um, any of our listeners can go out and check them out at DKLegends.com. And they actually gave us a promo code so you guys can get 10% off. I mean, uh, so use the promo code PUNT to get 10% off. And is there anything better, Seth, than actually hiring and working with world championships who have actually made, you know, second place, $2 million? I mean, there's, there's no better... No better uh, person to hire than their resume right there. Yep, completely agree. I mean, I could probably use their help too. I'm, <laughs> I, I think I could definitely improve in daily fantasy. I'm more of a season-long guy, as I know you are. Um, but I think there are a lot of people that love daily, daily fantasy, um, that play it all the time. And if you're, you're, you're continuing to spend money and you're just not getting the return on investment or you're, you're not winning as much as you, you'd like to be, you know, check out their website. Give them a look and, and hire these guys. I mean, it's it's worth it in the long run. Absolutely. I think they brought up a couple of good points that it, it wasn't that I've never heard this said before, but sometimes you just kind of need that refresher, right? Like, yeah, geez, I, even though I knew that, I haven't been playing like that. And the two things that Ben said, um, one was the contest, making sure you pay attention to the contest that you're playing in. Um, and then the 80-20 rule. I thought that's a good, simple rule. So if you are new to daily, it's probably smart to follow a rule that's similar to that. 80 of your money going into cash games, your 50-50s, your double-ups, uh, anything like that, head-to-heads, and then the 20% going into your tournament plays. And Danny brought up a great example about his play from last year in the tournament playing Danny Amendola at a, under a half percent. I think I might even remember the game just because I'm a New England fan, but... The thing when you're making a tournament team, Seth, and this is the hardest thing I have, right? Because I'm putting in, you're putting, you know, this, the Sunday Million on FanDuel, for example, is $25 for an entry. You're making these teams, and you want to get a couple players, as they mentioned, at 5% or under ownership level. It's You look at your team, it looks ugly, right? It's just it's disgusting looking. And I can't imagine Danny Mandola and Danny's lineup last year looked very good. Wasn't it Jakey Tam- Wasn't it Jacob Tammy? Was it Jacob Tammy? I think you mentioned yeah, I think you said Jacob Tammy for Atlanta, tight end, yeah. That was the player he, he started that was less than like a percentage owned or something. Anyways, anyways. Oh, okay. Anyways, uh, my point is it's like betting on it's like betting on Cleveland to win the Super Bowl. I mean, it's just never attractive. Yeah, I mean I it's definitely more more realistic than Cleveland winning the Super Bowl, but it's definitely, it's definitely, you know, you, you put together those tournament lineups and, and I always put together lineups that I think look, I'm like, oh, this looks really good. And of course it never is for a Sunday million type, you know, tournament league um, or tournament. But, you know, putting together these lineups, you always look at the winners and you're like, wow, that team, like, I would never have thought to put those players together in one lineup. And it's, that's how it always is. And that's, that's why, you know, tournaments are different than, you know, the 50 50s and the, and the head to heads. 
Yeah, and one question I forgot to ask, and I really wanted to um, to ask them, and, and you know what, I'm sure they're going to be listening to the episode, so if one of you guys could get back to me on how to approach this. But, Seth, if you have someone out like a Jamal Charles and Spencer Weir is starting, and he's cheap, right? So you have the factor of a lot of people are going to own him. At what level, you know, where do you draw the line? Because if you didn't have Spencer Weir in your lineup last week getting over 30 points, you were dead. And yeah. it's damned if you do, damned if you don't. But he's he's a, a cheap player, and everyone is going to own him. So if you don't own him, you're done for. And if you do and he doesn't blow up, then I guess you're done too. And I, I, I don't know where I guess you kind of draw the line. Maybe you go by intuition and gut. Yeah, and well, I think the player like Spencer Ware, you know, if you know he's going to have a high ownership percentage and everybody has him in their lineups, you're, you're taking a shot in the dark with these tournaments. You know probably most likely you're not going to win big. You're you're hoping you got to take a risk. So I'm not going to have Spencer Ware in my lineup because I know everybody has him. If he blows up, then – that's the risk I take. I know that that's a possibility, but if everybody has him in their lineups and he, you know, puts up like five to 10 points, then I'm in the driver's seat. I'm in a pretty good position. So I think that's probably the way you got to approach it. Right. Absolutely. Okay. Anything else from that interview or daily set that you kind of wanted to, to highlight and go over? Nope. Um, no, I think that's good. I, I think um, it definitely gets me fired up for daily this weekend though. Looking forward to the games on Sunday. A lot of juicy matchups like we talked about today in the, the episode. So definitely going to have a few lineups that I feel good about, and we'll, we'll see what happens. All right. Sounds great. Excited for week two. Thanks, everyone, for listening. We are the NFL Talking Heads Fantasy Football Podcast. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of the NFL Talking Heads Fantasy Football Podcast Show. Try saying that three times fast. With your hosts, Jeff Carrier and Seth Lowe. We'll catch you next time. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.